0: Please take your copy of God's Word now and turn to Psalm chapter 1. If you're using a pew Bible, depending on the one you've got, it's either on page 383 or 431. Hear now the word of Almighty God from Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on His law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Beloved, what do we know about God's Word? Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your infallible, inerrant, inspired Holy Word by which we are taught Your precepts, by which we are shown how to live, by which we are instructed, by which we are corrected and healed. Father, I ask that today You would open our hearts once again to receive Your Word And Lord, I pray for those here today that may not know You, who do not know You. Lord, I pray that You would raise the dead this morning. Do what only You can do. Bring life to the dead. Lord, take the chaff and make them trees planted by the streams of living water. We ask it in the all-powerful name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. The psalm that I just read in your hearing, Psalm chapter 1, the psalmist makes very clear that there are only two ways to live. There are only two types of people in this world. The Bible makes it very clear from Genesis to Revelation, since the fall of man, there are only two types of individuals in the world. Those who know God, who are known by God, those who belong to God, and those who do not know God. Those who are God's children. Those who are the regenerate. Those who have been made alive by His Spirit. And those who are still dead in their trespasses and sins. There is no middle way. You fall in one of two categories. Either you are in Christ or you are in Adam, Paul says in Revelation. You are a new creation or you still remain the old man dead in sin. There are only two types of individuals in this world, and there are only two pathways to walk. And Jesus makes very clear in the Gospels that either you're on one path or you're on the other. You're on the path that leads to eternal life and to glory and living with God forever in the new heavens and new earth, or you are on the pathway to destruction. Jesus said "Said it this way, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to destruction life and few who find it." There are only two pathways. There are only two individuals in this world. And here in Psalm 1, the psalmist compares the life and even the afterlife of those two individuals and of those two different pathways. He says one is blessed One walks and delights in the ways of God, His Creator, and one leads to life while the other leads to death. Now, oftentimes, if we're honest with ourselves, when we look at the lifestyle of those who do not know God, oftentimes we are tempted to envy them, and that is nothing new. Do you remember Psalm 73? The psalm of Asaph. If I can summarize it for you this way, Asaph said, I looked at the wicked. I looked at those who did not fear God, did not know God, do not love God, and they prosper in their way. Everything that they touch seems to turn to gold. They are not touched by tribulation or trial. But it is those who live for God who seem to be persecuted all the day long. And Asaph goes on to say, it's in vain that I have kept myself for the Lord. Have you ever felt that way? Remember Mark's message a little time ago, a little few weeks ago, when he talked about the tribulations and trials that come, and it causes us to wonder if the promises of God can really be trusted. That is brought up time and time again in the Scriptures. And if we're honest, that is often our experience. We feel that it is in vain that we have kept ourselves for the Lord and that we seek to walk according to His precepts. It looks like that the wicked prosper and enjoy life more than we do. But remember what Asaph does. He said, then I went into the temple of the Lord and I got quiet. And I contemplated before the Lord the way of the wicked. And Asaph says, God showed me the end result. He showed me the end of their life and it will lead to destruction. Their pleasures of sin are fleeting. And Psalm 1 does the same thing for us. Psalm 1 says of those who do not know God, who do not belong to God, who are not a part of His family, they are like chaff in the wind. A pile of chaff. Worthless. Dead. Good for nothing. Chaff. What is chaff good for but the fire? And the psalmist is saying that those who persist in their sin and reject the God of glory, their Creator, are like the chaff that will be cast into judgment that will be cast away from God. He says of the wicked that their ways are sinful, the places in which they sit They sit in scoffing the law of God, the people of God, the ways of God. And he says their end will be destruction. They will not have a leg to stand on in the day of judgment. And the wicked will perish. Do you know that that doesn't just describe the world outside of the four walls of this church, but that describes every one of us before we came, brought by the power of the Holy Spirit to the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not born Christians. Having Christian parents, young people listen to me, having Christian parents does not make you automatically a Christian. I think we've done away with, especially after Mark's Sunday school class, we've done away with the false thought that we can be born Christians in a Christian nation. We're not born Christians in a Christian nation. We're born pagans in a lost pagan nation. We're born like chaff. We're not born friends of God. We're born as enemies of God. Children not of God, but children of wrath. We are like chaff in the wind. But oh, the grace and mercy of God. Aren't you grateful this morning for the grace and mercy of God? Though He would be just in casting all of us off and allowing us to suffer His wrath for eternity, He loves us too much to do so. He takes those of us He has chosen. He takes chaff. And only the Creator can do this. And He turns us into living trees. He takes the dead bones that Ezekiel saw in the vision and He makes a living army out of them. Now consider with me for a moment the psalmist's metaphor here. He says the blessed man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful, the scoffers, that that blessed man is blessed because something radical has happened to him. He has been planted in Christ. Now consider the metaphor. How many times have you seen a plant or a tree plant itself? If you came to my house... And I showed you a tree in my front yard. I said, that tree is going to be planted in the backyard. And you asked me, when do you plan on digging up, cutting into the soil, and doing the hard work of taking it to your backyard, digging up the soil, and planting it? And I said to you, no, I'm just going to wait for it to replant itself. You would leave me as soon as you could. You would call Mark and Brian and say, I think we need another associate. A tree cannot plant itself. And a man cannot make himself a Christian. A woman cannot make himself a Christian any more than a tree can plant itself. For a tree to be planted, someone must take that tree and plant it into the earth. And for a man or woman to be found in Christ, God must act on their behalf. We cannot make ourselves Christians. We cannot make anyone else Christian. Something must be done to us on our behalf before we have new hearts, before we have new desires, before we can be planted by the streams of living water, we must be planted in Christ. And consider consider the work of God in that. He takes the spade of His Spirit and the spade of His Word and He does the deep work of breaking up the hard soil of our hearts. Our hard-heartedness. And He plants the living Word within us. Consider the metaphor, consider again the example the psalmist uses from taking a tree and replanting it, or planting a tree. There is trauma involved. There is often much work that needs to be done. And so it is with our conversion. I've talked with many of you over the years. One first year I've been here. And to hear your testimonies and your stories... I know that God has done a mighty work in many of your lives. You were once in sin and in darkness, you were prospering according to the world system, and you had no thought for God, no desire to follow him. And then God did for you what you could never do for yourself. He made you alive in Jesus Christ. He took the chaff that you were and made you a living tree, and it you in Christ. Only God can do that. There are people in my life that I'm very concerned about. They do not know Christ and I agonize for them and I'm disturbed for them. But I know that there's nothing that I could say, though I'm called to... Share the Gospel with them. There is nothing I could say or do to make them a Christian. I must offer them up to the mercy and the grace of God and God alone. And friend, if you are here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ, the only way for you to change is for God to do the work within you. Coming to church will not make you a Christian reading your Bible does not make you a Christian. God taking you from death unto life, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, is what makes you a Christian. And there may be trauma involved. When the convicting work of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and begins to reveal the chaff in your life and the desires of your heart which. Have been set against God and His holy word, conviction and disturbance. But when that comes, and I pray by God's mercy it comes, when it comes, you can rejoice. For God is at work to reveal His good purposes in you, to take you from the counsel of the wicked, from the ways of sinners, from the seat of the scoffers and to plant you beside streams of living water to make you delight in the law of God. The blessed man and the blessed woman is the man or the woman who God has taken and planted in Jesus Christ. Not only does He plant us in Christ, but He feeds and He nourishes us. I'm so glad that upon our conversion, God does not take a step back and say, now I've, I've done this great work for you. I've redeemed your life now. Good luck. Let's see what you can make of it. I'll see you on the day of judgment. You know, I was taught growing up, Arminianism. Thank, thank God He redeemed me from that. Not only did He redeem me from sin, He, he redeemed me from bad theology. I was taught growing up that the grace of God is like a rubber band. The grace of God will only extend so far and then at a break and burst. Is that what the Scripture teaches? The same grace that saves us is the same grace that keeps us is the same grace that will carry us over the threshold into eternity and into the arms of Jesus. And in the midst of this life, this new life that we live, this life in which God says even when we can't see it, even when it doesn't feel like it, He will cause every way to prosper. He feeds us with living water. We who have ears to hear, we know what that living water is. It is His Spirit. It is His Word. He feeds us With His Spirit, He feeds us with His Word. He instructs us in the ways we should go. The Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The Bible is God-breathed and useful, Paul tells Timothy. Useful in teaching us, rebuking us when we are in sin and correcting our wayward behavior and instructing us in righteousness. Jesus teaches us that man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How can we stay on the righteous path, but by living according to God's Word? We are commanded by Holy Scripture to let the Word of God dwell within us Richly. And it is the Spirit of God in concert with the Word of God that keeps us on the pathways of righteousness. It is the Word of God that leads us back to Christ. It is the Spirit of God that leads us back to Christ when we, like sheep, stray. It is His work from beginning to end. The planting, the watering, the feeding is the work of God. God sustains us by His Word. Friends, I have to say that, and I say with conviction, I mean conviction upon me when I say this, that oftentimes we lack the peace of God that we could have because we neglect His Word. We neglect the ministry of the Spirit, which has been given to us through the Scriptures. Beloved, if this is the most that you get of the Word of God, if only on Sunday mornings you're receiving the instruction of God's Word, that is not enough. You have to learn to take and feed yourself the Word of God. Yes, it is God who plants us. Yes, it is God who waters. But we must drink the living water that He offers. I'm reminded of the story recorded for us in John, I believe it's John chapter 4, the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus promises her, if you will drink of the water that I give, you will never thirst again. The psalmist says the same thing, he just says it in a different way. He says in verse 3 that if we are planted by the streams of living water, then everything we do will prosper. I don't know about you, but it certainly doesn't feel like that everything I do in life prospers. But I'm reminded of Paul's words in Romans 8 that God will use all things. The good things and the negative things. The things that I do that are right and the things that I do that are wrong. He has promised to take all of it and use it for our good and for His glory. He causes us to prosper in every way. He takes us, though we are chaff, deserving to be cast off. He plants us in Christ. He nourishes us through the Word and through the Spirit. And finally, He accepts us as righteous. I wonder if we hear the Gospel so much that we have become... That we have become a dull in our understanding of the richness of it. That we who are sinful, we who are sinners, are counted righteous before God not because of anything we've done, but because of what Jesus has done and Jesus alone has done. It is not the labor of my hands that can fulfill God's holy laws and demands. Could my zeal and your zeal no respite know? Could our tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou, God, must save, and thou alone. It is the sinner, it is the unrighteous who will not stand in the judgment. It is, verse 5, the wicked that will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, but Implied there. It is the righteous that will stand because the righteous foundation, the foundation of the righteous is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. The foundation we build on is not the sand or the chaff of wickedness or sinfulness, but it is the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. God accepts us. As the righteous. Verse 6 says, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. When I first began to read this passage, it's actually the first psalm, first passage of scripture I think I ever memorized. I often thought that the Lord, of course, knows the ways of the righteous because they are His ways, and that's true. It is His ways that He instructs us to walk, but That word know, you've heard this I'm sure many times, implies much more than just knowledge of the ways of the righteous. It is intimate knowledge. It is before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. The elect He knew before He created the world. He knew us in an intimate way, meaning He set His love on us before we even came into this world. Friend, before you were born, before the heavens and the earth were made, before creation was brought into existence, God had designed designed and desired and decided to take you and plant you like a tree beside the streams of living water to nourish you by His Spirit and by His Word and to accept you as righteous, not because of anything you've done, but by the righteousness of Christ given to us. That is the Gospel. That is the message of the Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. The psalmist is preaching the same Gospel of the Apostle Paul, just using different language. I wonder this morning, I wonder if you fall in the category of looking at the lifestyle of the wicked and being enticed. You look at materialism and fame and fortune and the promises that are made by this world and you're enticed and led astray. And you do not desire the things of God. I would commend you, I would ask you, I would plead with you to look into the Word of life this morning and see the end that will result. The the end for those who pursue those things. Today, hear the voice of the Spirit calling. Today, hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ calling. Come unto me. Come to me. Turn from your wicked ways. Turn and believe. Receive eternal life and live. If you hear that voice this morning, you hear it by the grace and the mercy of God and God alone. You know what I am? I'm a sinner made a child of God by the grace of God, showing other sinners where to find the living water. Come and drink. It's offered freely to you. It's offered freely by the God who will plant you in Jesus Christ and you will never be moved. Thanks be to God. Amen. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You, Lord Jesus, for what You have accomplished for us. We thank You, Holy Spirit, for giving us understanding. Oh God, I plead with You for those who are outside the family of God, that You would bring them in today. Bring them in now. We lay before you all those that we know who that we love who are so far from you God do for them what you did for us save them rescue them plant them in Christ by streams of living water clothe them in the righteousness of Christ We thank you for doing it for us we have nothing to offer you we just come grateful and we offer up our lives now we pray that they'll be made as living sacrifices that we would live for You with all of our strength. In Jesus' name, Amen. Here at Redeemer, we respond to the preached Word in three ways. You're sitting on the inside row. You'll find a black pad under the seat in front of you. If you'll open that, fill out the information. If you're new, we would love to send you information about Redeemer Presbyterian Church. Just fill out the paperwork and please put your email address or your phone number uh, where you're instructed to. second way we respond is by giving. God loves a cheerful giver, so let every man give as he's decided in his heart, willingly and cheerfully, not under compulsion. And finally, we respond by singing. We're going to remain seated as we sing Arise, My Soul, Arise, found on page 305.